right. <clears throat> Let's go to the Lord in word of prayer. Uh, Brother Ronnie, you want to lead us in prayer, please? Amen. All right. Matthew chapter 10. Matthew chapter 10. Anybody remember what we're talking about? What's that? The apostles, Peter, wow moments. Yeah, that's all correct. Our study of the apostles continues. The study of Peter continues. <laughs> Matthew chapter 10. Let's read this, and then we'll, we'll go back to where we, where we stopped. Matthew chapter 10, verse 1. And when he had called unto him his twelve disciples, he gave them power against unclean spirits to cast them out and to heal all manner of sickness and all manner of disease. Now the names of the twelve apostles are these, the first. Don't forget, that doesn't mean first in a list. It means first um, with respect to, you can think of it as chief. That's why we think Peter was the leader of this group. The first, Simon, who is called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, Philip, and Bartholomew, Thomas, and Matthew the publican, James the son of Alphaeus, and Lebius, whose surname was Thaddeus, Simon the Canaanite, and Judas Iscariot, who also betrayed him. And we were talking about wow moments in the life of Peter. Does anybody remember one? So we talked about Peter in the house of Cornelius last and the salvation being given to the Gentiles. Anybody else? <laughs> the rooster crowed? Yeah. Yeah, that was one. We said every wow moment is not a, necessarily a good moment. <laughs> but I'm thankful God does work all things together for good. Not everything is good. But God works all things together for good. But we did talk about last, we talked about Peter in the house of Cornelius in Acts chapter 10. And that's going to be important. It's important to us because in the Bible, you know, there's a, there's a delineation of two groups, Jews and Gentiles. Well, if you're not Jewish, you're in the other group. And that message of the gospel had been opened up to the Gentiles at this house of Cornelius here. We saw Peter on the rooftop, a good Jew, and this sheet let out of heaven with all these, all these animals. And, and God said, slay and eat. Peter said, I've never eaten an unclean thing in my life. And God said, what I call unclean, what I call clean, you don't call unclean. And that was a direct message of how the Jews were to look at the Gentiles, specifically Peter, and how God was going to send his message of salvation to the Gentiles as well, which was unheard of. Now to us, we're Gentiles. <laughs> we live in the United States of America. Most everybody in here has been probably on a church pew most of your life. So a lot of these things that these disciples and these apostles thought don't make necessarily make sense to us. We don't understand it. They thought they were it. 
And they, they, they were and are God's chosen people. That hasn't changed. But for the salvation to be offered and heaven and a seat at the table to be offered to a Gentile dog was unheard of to the Jews. Absolutely unheard of. Um, they didn't have anything to do with them. They didn't want anything to do with the, Jew, with the Gentiles. Nothing. Um, and so that's what we looked at. So if you'll turn to Galatians chapter 2, I want to look, I think, at another wow moment for Peter in the book of Galatians. <laughs> Who wrote the book of Galatians? Paul, the Apostle Paul. Apostle, wait, we haven't mentioned his name yet. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. Apostle Paul. In Galatians chapter 2, this is Paul speaking, and he's talking about a couple of things here. And we see Peter, you know, and think about this just one second. So one of the, one of the wow moments we talked about was, um, well, let's just look at it. Let's look at it real quick. Matthew chapter 13. You can hold your place in Galatians 2 if you want, or you can find it again. But in Matthew, uh, Matthew chapter, I said 13, I meant 16. Matthew chapter 16. This, these series of events just sum up Peter's life to me. Look at Matthew chapter 16. We'll start reading in verse 13. When Jesus came into the coast of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say that thou art John the Baptist, some Elias, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He saith unto them, But who say ye that I am? Now, a lot of times Simon Peter answered before anybody asked him anything, and he stuck his foot in his mouth. We said he was the apostle with the foot-shaped mouth. But this time, he's going to get it right. Look at verse 15. He saith unto them, but whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered and said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, again, with all us being in church, reading the Bible, going to Sunday school, studying, we don't even think anything about this. But this had not been revealed to them yet. So this is a great moment of discovery for these, these men. I don't know what the others thought. I've read some guys that say the others had no idea who he was. I've read some guys that say, well, maybe one or two of them, especially like you think about James and John, maybe Andrew knew. I don't know. But the only one that spoke up was Peter. And he said, basically, these others can say what they want, but I know you're the Christ, the Son of the living God. And this was, a, this was a wow moment because this had not been revealed to them yet. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood hath not revealed it unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And then look at this. And I say also unto thee that thou art Peter, and upon this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. 
And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven, and whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Then charged he his disciples that they should tell no man that he was Jesus the Christ. From that time forth began Jesus to show unto his disciples how that he must go unto Jerusalem and suffer many things of the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. Now, Peter had just got it right. <laughs> the Lord said, who am I? Peter said, you're the Christ. And Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon. He's doing good. If he could have just left it alone. <laughs> but he's just like us. You know, as soon as I do something good for the Lord, it's common for me to maybe let my head swell a little bit, and before you know it, I'm on my face. <laughs> if he would have just left it alone, but that's not, Peter's, that's not Peter's character. So Jesus is telling them that he's got to go to Jerusalem. He's going to suffer many things. He's going to be killed and be raised the third day. Look at verse 22. Then Peter took him. Now, we talked about this before. Can you imagine? He just said that he was the Christ, the Son of God. And Peter took hold of him and said, and began to rebuke him, saying, Be it far from thee, Lord, this shall not come unto thee. He had just blessed Simon. And then in verse 23, But he turned and said unto Peter, Get thee behind me, Satan. Thou art an offense unto me, for thou savest not the things that be of God, but those that be of men. How do you think that made Peter feel? <laughs> I wonder if he's a little bit like us, like I said. The Lord had just blessed him for what he said in front of all the others. And maybe he stuck his chest out just a little bit. And then Jesus says, get thee behind me, Satan. So Peter's life is one just like this. And we talked about that, I guess, I don't know, in the end times we were talking about the children of Israel. If you go look in the Old Testament, it's just like this. God will bless. They'll turn their back on God. And they'll fall into some kind of um, captivity or struggle. And after a period of time, they'll call out to God. And God will hear them and deliver them. And God will bless. And you would think they'd learn. And then they turn their back on God. And that continues throughout the whole book of the Old Testament. And that continues in my life, this, this. I feel like I spend more time down here than I do up here. But it's just like this. And that's the way it was for Peter. So look in, uh, back in Galatians chapter 2. Now, we had just talked about Peter being the house of Cornelius, preaching. The Holy Ghost fell on those men as he preached. Salvation to the Gentiles. Peter saw it. Peter had the sheet experience. Peter goes to the house of Cornelius. These things that all have happened. And look in Galatians chapter 2, verse 11. This is Paul speaking again. But when Peter was come to Antioch, I withstood him to the face because he was to be blamed. Why? He's about to tell us. For before that, certain came from James... Oh, excuse me, uh, there's no comma there. For before that certain came from James, before these guys came from Jerusalem, he did eat with the Gentiles. But when they were come, the Jews from Jerusalem, 
he withdrew and separated himself, fearing them which were of the circumcision. Who's the circumcision? The Jews. So the picture is, there's a group of Gentiles and some Jews mixed in, obviously. But I mean, Peter's there. You got Paul. He sees this. And they're all fellowshipping together. Peter fellowshipping with the Gentiles. And then some of these elites, the, these elite Jews from Jerusalem are sent. And when they show up, guess what Peter does to the Gentiles? He won't have nothing to do with them. And Paul said, I, I withstood him to the face. Look at verse 13. And the other Jews dissembled likewise. Did we say Peter was a leader? You remember after the death of Christ, Peter said, I go fishing. And what did all the other disciples say? We're going with you. He was a leader. He was fellowshipping with these Gentiles. As soon as he turned his back on them and didn't want anything to do with them, all the other Jews that were there with Peter saw what he did and followed suit. And now you've got a separation again between Jews and Gentiles. And Paul said, I, I'm not going to allow this. And the uh, 13, the other Jews assembled likewise with him, insomuch that Barnabas was carried away with their dissimulation. But when I saw that they walked not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel, I said unto Peter before them all, If thou, being a Jew, livest after the manner of the Gentiles, and do not as other Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live as do the Jews? We who are Jews by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. That's fine right there. I just want to look at what Peter did. I tend to think about the bad things of Peter. I think about his denial and all these other things. And then in that, that picture we looked at in John 21 when Jesus said, Do you love me? Several times. Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs. I tend to think that clicked and everything was good from then on from Peter, but that's not the case. That's not the case. He still struggled. He still did things that were not right. And, and Paul withstands him to the face. I think it's a wow moment for him. Look in Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11, verse 1. And the apostles and brethren that were in Judea heard that the Gentiles had also received the word of God. And when Peter was come up to Jerusalem, they that were the circumcision contended with him, saying, Thou wentest in to men uncircumcised and did eat with them. But Peter rehearsed the matter from the beginning and expounded it, unto, and expounded it by order unto them, saying, Now we're going to skip that. Because he's telling them about what happened in the house of Cornelius. That's what he's telling them. And then if you'll look in verse uh, 15. And as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them as on us at the beginning. What's he talking about there? Fell on us as at the beginning. 
when he was preaching, the day of Pentecost. Yeah. And so Peter says, when I was in the house of Cornelius, the Holy Ghost fell on them just like it did on us. Same Holy Ghost, same thing. Gentiles, Jews, or Jews, Gentiles, whichever way I pointed. It fell on them as on us at the beginning. Verse 16. Then remembered I the word of the Lord, how that he had said, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. There was a lot of things, and you can go look and find them. There was a lot of things that Jesus said to his disciples that they did not understand while he was walking on the earth. And sometimes we're even told that. He'll say something to them, and, and, and the gospel writer, whichever one it is, will say they understood not what he said. And at least a time or two they said they understood not till he was raised from the dead. There were things they didn't understand. Jesus was feeding them this information, these principles and these doctrines that they were going to need later, but they didn't, they didn't understand them all. As these things unfolded, especially in the book of Acts, they started understanding more. And so he understood what Jesus said when he said in verse 16, John indeed baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost. For as much then as God gave them the light gift, as he did unto us, who believed on the Lord Jesus Christ, what was I that I could withstand God? When they heard these things, they held their peace and glorified God, saying, Then hath God also to the Gentiles granted repentance unto life. This was a big deal. These Jewish people here in Jerusalem and Judea, they were it (laughs) for the Jews. So for Peter to take a stand for the Gentiles in front of these guys was a big deal. He said they received the same thing we did. The same Holy Ghost convicted them that convicted me. The same Jesus that saved me saved them. The same thing. Look in Acts chapter 12. Verse 1, now about that time, Herod the king stretched forth his hand to vex certain of the church, and he killed James, the brother of John, with a sword. And because he saw it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to take Peter also. Then were the days of unleavened bread. And when he had apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaternions of soldiers to keep him intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Now, I'm not going to spend any time on this, but I will tell you some of the other Bible versions change Easter to Passover. It's not Passover. It's Easter. There's a difference. It does, you cannot change that. It changes everything, the whole timeline. That's why they inserted that statement about unleavened bread. Okay, and that's my... That's my rant on that. But it's after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Peter, therefore, was kept in prison. But prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. And when Herod would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers bound with two chains. And the keepers before the door kept the prison. Where did they think he was going? You got the picture here? They've got him in a cell, and they've got the cell locked up. But that's not good enough. (laughs) He's sitting between two soldiers, chained one on one side and one on the other. They don't want him going anywhere. So he's held fast here in these chains. 
Verse 7. <coughs> Excuse me. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison. Would, would that wake you up? <laughs> if you're asleep and somebody flips on the light, most of the time, you're going to wake up. But my question is, how in the world is he sleeping? They just killed James. They just took his head off. And he's next. In the morning, his head's going to roll. <laughs> it's all it can be, a peace that passeth all understanding. And if you, this is another thing, and I do it all the time. If you just read this, just to be reading it, you miss so many things. You can just read right by that. You can just read right by that, and the, the, the angel smote him on the side and just keep going. But I think, why, how in the world is he sleeping at a time like this? It's a peace that God gave him. Chained to two soldiers. If he could get away from them, that door's locked. You got soldiers outside the door. Like I said, James has already been martyred, and he's next. But he's sleeping, and he's sleeping so hard <laughs> that when the light shines, it don't even wake him up. The angel had to get up. <laughs> you say, that's not biblical. He smote him. He did something. And behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, see there, and raised him up. <laughs> He's sleeping so hard, he had to reach down there and pick him up. Get up! We're about to get out of here. Saying, arise up quickly. And his chains fell off from his hand. How'd that happen? Mr. David. Did they just forget, they just forgot to turn that, they put the key in to lock that shekel and they just forgot to turn it and lock it. You guess what, Houdini was there? <laughs> his chains just fell off his hands. And the angel said unto him, gird thyself and bide on thy sandals. And so he did. And he saith unto him, cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him. And wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. When they were past the first and the second ward, again, you can just read right by that, but how in the world did they get out of there? All the soldiers in the place asleep? There ain't no soldiers in the place? How did he get out of there? I don't know. Maybe God blinded them out of their eyes. I don't know. It's a miracle. Gird thyself. Bind on his sandals. He did. Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true. Or, I read that. Sorry about that. Verse 10. And when they were past the first and second ward, they came into the iron gate that leadeth unto the city, which opened to them of his own accord. <laughs> now, Mr. David. How'd that happen? He can't hear me, can he? How'd that happen? 
<laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> automatic door opener that's pretty good y'all y'all got a little comedy in you today we got houdini and we got automatic doors so i appreciate that <laughs> i ain't gonna call you that <laughs> no no absolutely not The prayers of the church, the prayers of the church, yeah, yes, ma'am, and again, you can just read right by that too, and so they went, and that opened of his own accord, and we're in the middle of verse 10, and they went out and passed on through one street, and forthwith the angel departed from him, and when Peter was come, when Peter was come to himself, he said, now I know of a surety that the Lord has sent his angel, and delivered me out of the hand of Herod. And from all the expectation of the people of the Jews. And when he had considered the thing, he came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark. That's your gospel writer, Mark. Where many were gathered together praying. And that's going to be important later. They were gathered together in Mark's mother's house. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness. <laughs> she was so happy he was there. She didn't even open the door for him. She ran back and tell everybody. But ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, Thou art mad. Now, this is not the focus of our lesson. But in verse 5, as Miss Peggy pointed out, they were just praying for Peter. And I don't know what they were praying. But surely at least some of them were praying that he'd be freed be released and it happens and they don't even believe it where am I at thou art man but she constantly affirmed that it was even so then said they it's his angel <laughs> he's dead his angels appeared to him but Peter continued knocking and when they had opened the door and saw him they were astonished have you ever been that way for something you prayed for? I have. I have. When my kids were saved, I felt like that was, when you talk about wow moments in Peter's life, that was, a, that was a wow moment in Jay's life and in their life. But I prayed for them constantly, prayed for them in the womb. God, save them young, save them young, save them young. And sometimes that just got to be a repetitious thing. God, please save my kids at a young age. God, please save my kids at a young age. But then when he did, I think that's a good word. I was astonished. And I'm very thankful for that. But he, beckoning unto them with a hand to hold their peace, declared unto them how the Lord had brought him out of the prison. And he said, Go show these things unto James. Now, that's not, of course, James the apostle who was just beheaded. That's James, the brother of Jesus, the head of the church at Jerusalem. Okay? Go show these things unto James and to the brethren. And he departed and went into another place. Now as soon as it was day, there was no small stir among the soldiers what was become of Peter. I can't imagine what those guys thought. 
What do you think the two thought that were chained right next to him? <laughs> they probably wasn't breathing at this time. They'd just kill those guys. That's what those soldiers were afraid of. You remember when Jesus was raised from the dead? They were afraid they were going to be killed. And I think it's the same with these, but I, I wonder, how in the world did Peter get out of here? And when Herod had sought for him and found him not, he examined the keepers and commanded that they should be put to death. <laughs> and, he cast, cast, and he went down from Judea uh, to Caesarea and there abode. So, wild moments in the life of Peter. I'd say that him getting me out of prison, chained to two guards, opening the gate by itself, that's probably a wild moment in his life. And I can't imagine what it's going to do to his confidence in God. Now, he already had a lot. He was sleeping between those two soldiers. We already talked about that. But God's affirming these things, affirming that he's going to take care of his people. God will provide for his people. God will take care of his people. That don't mean we're always going to be healthy. That don't mean we're always going to be happy. But he's got that in control. We have to trust him with that. It's harder to, harder to do than it is to say, I know. But um, he's showing these things and developing. This is, the li- this, is the begin- this is the life of the church, that these things that we've looked at here, especially in this book of Acts. The church is being developed. And so it went from Jews to Gentiles, and Peter was there for it all. So next time we'll pick up there and go a little bit farther. All right. Brian, you want to lead us in prayer?